Lord God, life is often filled with unexpected surprises, changes of various kinds. Teach us what it means to have faith in transit, faith in times of transition and change. And today especially, Lord, help us understand what it means to be moving expectantly in life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's peace to you, friends. It's good to be with you this morning. And can you believe it? It's only four months till Christmas Day. Yes. Are you ready? Oh, I heard a few groans out there. Oh, I'm not ready for Christmas. I didn't really mean to try to get ahead of all of the commercial retail salespeople, but you'll probably be hearing from them soon enough, I would guess. But no, I bring it up because today we're looking at the story of Mary and Joseph, and more specifically, the story of Mary getting the news that she was expecting a baby boy. Those of you who are parents remember what it's like to get that news the first time, right? I have to admit something. The first time my wife informed me about the fact that we were having our first baby, I said probably the dumbest thing a new father could say. How did this happen? Well, we all know how it happened. God gave us a baby, and of course it was a great thing. Our, we were blessed to have our son and our daughter as well. But it sure changes your life, doesn't it, when a baby comes into the world. It's a whole new life experience. It's a major change. Today we're finishing this sermon series called Faith in Transit in which we've been looking at different stories of people who trusted God even in times of transition and change. And today's theme is moving expectantly. Let's listen just to that part of the story where Mary gets the unexpected news that she was expecting. From Luke chapter 1, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. All right, let's pause there for just a second. Think about Mary. All was right in Mary's world. She was living her comfortable life in a small, rather quiet town up north in Galilee. She was engaged to a great guy who was from a great family. After all, he was a direct descendant of King David himself. What could be better than that? And she was looking forward to her wedding day. And then came the visit, the visit. We can only imagine what it must have been like for Mary to be approached by an angel from God. And this was not just any angel. This was Gabriel, one of the archangels, one of the generals, if you will, of God's heavenly army. Gabriel himself. Luke continues with the story. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, 
and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Initially, of course, Mary is quite frightened by this whole thing, frightened that God would send an angel to her. What, what must that mean? But the angel comforts her, assures her of God's favor toward her, and then delivers the news about the world's most important baby to come. Gabriel then gives her even more astounding information about this child. Continuing in Luke 1, it says, The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow! Who could comprehend all of that? So then Mary asks the obvious question, how will this be since I am a virgin? And now comes the answer to the question, how? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Just imagine the mixture of thoughts and emotions going on inside of Mary through all this. God would cause her to become pregnant so her son would be the son of God himself. Her whole world was being turned upside down, so to speak. And Elizabeth, her elderly relative, was going to have a baby. Oh, my goodness. Initially, this must have been all so overwhelming. And perhaps the biggest practical takeaway from this story for us comes in Mary's response to the angel. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. I don't know about you, but I am struck by Mary's humble surrender to the Lord's plan for her. Mary exhibits what we might call faith in transit, faith in this time of transition. She trusts God even in the midst of a major change and an unexpected surprise. Maybe you've had an unexpected surprise of some kind. They take various forms. Some major life change that has come your way. If you haven't had one, you probably will. So how do you deal with that? Today we're considering what it means to be moving expectantly in life. We're going to explore this concept of moving expectantly. And I want to share with you three words of instruction about this idea of moving expectantly through life. The first insight is this. Expect God to be on the move. Expect him to be on the move. God is always on the move. He doesn't sit static and still. He is always active, doing something. He's always on the move. In fact, if you think about it, 
God has always been on the move. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sin came into the world. After God promised Adam and Eve that he would send a Savior one day, from that point on, he was on the move to make that happen, to bring that Savior into the world. The rest of biblical history is all about God being on the move to bring the Savior to the world. He moved Abram, who was later called Abraham. He moved Abram to be the father of the nation from which the Savior would arise. Abram, who originally worshipped false pagan gods and goddesses, including the moon god. But God chose Abram and made a nation out of him from which the Savior would arise. Years later, God moved Moses to lead his people from Egypt toward the promised land of Canaan, and Joshua would finally take them into that land. And now God was about to move Mary and Joseph from Nazareth up north to that little town of Bethlehem. You know, since God is always on the move, we need to stay alert as to how and where God is moving. We need to stay alert to how and where he's moving. I love the illustration of the story about the guy who got caught in a flash flood And the waters were rising, and he climbs up in this tree and gets to the upper limbs of this tree, and the water keeps coming up higher and higher. After a while, a guy comes along in a canoe, and he says, hey, you know, come down out of the tree. Get into my canoe. I'll take you to safety. And the man in the tree, being a very devout Christian, said, "Uh, no, thank you, but that's okay. I'm trusting God to help me. So a little while later, the waters keep rising. Two guys come along in a rowboat. Say, hey, come down into the boat. We'll get you out of here. And the guy says, no, it's okay. I'm trusting God to help me. Well, after a while, the Navy sends a rescue helicopter, drops a rope down with a basket for the guy to get into so they can rescue him off this tree. And he waves him off and says, it's okay. I'm trusting God to help me. Well, the waters rise. The guy drowns, dies, goes to heaven. He walks up to God and he says, God, I was in trouble. I cried out for help and, and you didn't help me. And God said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you need? We need to stay alert to how and where God is moving and what he's doing. Moving expectantly, first of all, means expecting God to be on the move and then staying alert to what he's doing. So let me just ask you, how and where do you see God moving in your life and in the world around you? How and where do you see God moving in your life and in the world around you? A second word of instruction on this idea of moving expectantly through life is this. Check your attitude about unexpected surprises. Check your attitude about unexpected surprises. Let's face it, life is going to bring any number of unexpected surprises our way. How do you usually react to such a surprise? Do you see it as a terrible inconvenience 
or an opportunity that is pregnant with God's possibilities. Your attitude makes all the difference. Joseph, if you think about Joseph, initially saw Mary's news as a terrible inconvenience and quite an embarrassment. And he attempted to send her away, basically divorce her quietly. He didn't want to bring humiliation on her, but he wanted to send her away. And then, of course, the angel Gabriel brought Joseph up to speed on things, and everything was fine. What is your attitude about unexpected surprises? Consider the example of St. Paul and his companions that we heard about in today's epistle reading from the book of Acts. They were on their second missionary journey. They're traveling through what the area called Asia Minor. Today, it's the country of Turkey, a Muslim nation, Turkey. They're traveling through Asia Minor, and they're wanting to go north out of Asia Minor into the land of Bithynia, but God has a different plan. Listen again to how that part of the story goes. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia to the north. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, that's out west in northern Greece, a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. God threw an unexpected surprise at Paul and his companions. But instead of seeing it as a terrible inconvenience and continuing to try to go north, Paul seized the opportunity to take the gospel to the west. Now think about the significance of this. If Paul had not done that, the gospel may have never reached Europe. That means, friends, most of us would not be Christians today. We'd probably be Muslims. You see the importance of moving expectantly when God opens a door. Expect God to be on the move. Check your attitude about unexpected surprises. And then the third takeaway is this. Step out in faith. Step out in faith. St. Paul trusted God, and he stepped out in faith, and so did Mary and Joseph. They moved expectantly, first to Bethlehem, where Jesus, the promised Messiah and Savior of the world, was born. But their journey from Nazareth up north to that little town of Bethlehem would not be the only time that they moved expectantly. You know the rest of the story. Sometime later, after the visit of the wise men, God warned Joseph to take his family off to faraway Egypt. For King Herod wanted to kill all the baby boys of Bethlehem in order to eliminate this, the threat of this newborn king. And again, Mary and Joseph 
stepped out in faith, moving expectantly. That is, expecting that God was on the move for his own purposes, whatever they were. And even this rather unexpected move was in fulfillment of the words of the Old Testament prophet Hosea, who wrote these words, words coming from the mouth of God. Out of Egypt I have called my son. All of that, you see, was part of God's big plan. And then when God revealed to them that it was safe to return, they stepped out in faith again. They trusted in God's promise that it was safe to go back. And they went back home to Nazareth. Well, let's put ourselves in Mary and Joseph's sandals for just a moment. All of that activity must have felt rather hectic, unsettling, and certainly inconvenient. And yet through it all, God was on the move carrying out his big picture plan. For through the baby born in Bethlehem, the son of the Most High of whom the angel had spoken, God would eventually accomplish the salvation of the world. For the baby of Bethlehem would be the man of Calvary who gave his life on that cross for you and me, taking the punishment we deserve for our sins. And through his death, our sins are forgiven, wiped away. And the very son whom God called out of Egypt would also come out of the tomb, alive and victorious over the power of sin and death and Satan and even hell itself, so that all who believe in him may have eternal life. But you know, I dare say that uh, back when Mary and Joseph were dealing with all those unexpected surprises related to their baby boy, they had no idea that it was all leading to this. And yet, they stepped out in faith. Faith in transit, to be sure, but faith in the God who was on the move ahead of them and leading them to move expectantly. So I've got a question for you. How is God calling you to step out in faith and move expectantly? How is he calling you to do that? That Old Testament reading is so perfect. Proverbs 3 that said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. St. Paul, who had learned a few lessons about faith in transit, wrote these words to the Corinthians, we live by faith, not by sight. So how is God calling you to step out in faith even though you can't see what lies ahead around the, around the bend? Maybe it's a new job opportunity that God has opened a door for you to step through. Maybe it's something family-related. For some, it may be a calling to be an overseas missionary. 
For others, it may simply be a calling to share the message of Jesus' love with a neighbor, a co-worker, a fellow student, or maybe even a family member. And for someone here today, the call to step out in faith may be even more foundational. The call to believe that Jesus is your Savior. It's not a matter of seeing with your eyes, you see. It's a matter of believing in your heart. The writer to the Hebrews says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And even Jesus himself said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Is it time to step out in faith? Well, friends, God is surely on the move. Do you see it? Better yet, do you even expect it? And when unexpected surprises come and shake up your world, will you see them as inconveniences or as opportunities that are pregnant with God's possibilities? It's all about your attitude. And finally, will you step out in faith? Will you say along with Mary, I am the Lord's servant? Which was basically her way of saying, God, you lead and I will follow. We're talking about a lifestyle here, a lifestyle of moving expectantly. Are you ready to live that way? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Savior. Amen.